Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Boys America listeners, welcome to my 469th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. My highlight of the week is attending the Firestone Grand Prix in downtown St. Petersburg, Florida this past weekend, and it was my first ever auto race, and I must say it was a great take. Uh, It's loud. To say the least, uh, the sound is utterly deafening, and it was a great crowd uh, in downtown. It's just like being at the Monaco, Monaco Grand Prix, uh, you know, as far as format, they're racing through the streets of downtown uh, St. Pete, and I've been to Monte Carlo, so I know what it, the race course looks like there, and St. Pete, like in Monte Carlo, it's right on the water, uh, which is pretty cool. And, uh, and you know, number of miles, you know, weaving in and out of uh, the various streets and turns and what have you. And uh, so it's a very picturesque setting, to put it mildly. And the weather was perfect, uh, to say the least. A uh, good stretch of weather down here in Florida. And... Very, very cool merchandise that they were selling and that people were wearing. All the stuff that we've all seen uh, from time to time with, you know, whether it's watching a race on TV and very colorful with all the sponsors and whatnot. So just really something very cool uh, to see at least once. Highly recommend it and had just a terrific time to say the least, and the sound is, of course, the take-home and the speed uh, when they're racing right by you from literally 10, 12, 15 feet away because you can go right up to the barrier. Uh, it's an amazing thing to see, whether it's coming at you right, right in front of you or kind of they pass you and uh, you're looking at them from the rear. It's just all amazing. And if you get just a little further away, uh, it the sound is like a massive beehive, for lack of a better way of describing it, uh, which is really cool. So uh, to say the least, St. Petersburg downtown was buzzing this past weekend, pun intended, and uh, highly recommend to any of you listeners who ever have the opportunity to attend a race, whether it's 
a Formula One, which is what this was, the Grand Prix, or, of course, a NASCAR race like the Daytona 500 was held just right up the road last week. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. And another highlight of the week was the Tampa Bay Lightning playing in their first ever outdoor game. They were up in Nashville to play the Predators at the Titans Stadium. Uh, so it was people down here were really excited to watch it. All the establishments had it on TV with sound. Uh, really cool thing on a Saturday night down here in Tampa Bay. Of course, the Lightning are the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. So they're uh, literally beloved down here in Tampa. Uh, or Champa Bay, as it's been called recently, uh, given the Bucks of a year ago winning the Super Bowl. And again, the last two Stanley Cups reside here in Tampa. So, yeah, so it was a lot of excitement to watch that game on Saturday night. And a lot of Bucks fans, or Bucks fans, Lightning fans, were in attendance up in Nashville. So, uh, and it, Nashville's a great city, of course, to host an event like this. And these events are kind of, you know, an all-weekend-long sort of mini all-star game kind of feel, uh, you know, you know, with a weekend full of activities and whatnot and the pageantry. So just really cool. And by the way, before I forget, we have breaking news that just came across SportsCenter, which is that uh, Derek Jeter is apparently stepping down as the CEO of the Miami Marlins baseball team. And no other details uh, that I saw, um, but certainly a big story in and of itself, given, you know, the connections are always endless in the world of sports. Of course, Tom Brady rented Derek Jeter's house uh, here in Tampa Bay, right near downtown, a place called Davis Island, uh, one minute drive from downtown Tampa, right over a little bridge from the island, and you're in downtown. Uh and, of course, he had a house here in Tampa because it's where the Yankees trained. Uh, and Tom Brady was renting it. So it's all pretty cool, these connections in sports. Uh, so not sure if Derek Jeter has sold the house or not, but if not, and he's resigned, <laughs> um, then he will be... Uh, he will be perhaps returning to that house in Tampa. Not sure if he sold it. There, there were some rumors that maybe he had, but I don't think he'll have any problem finding a place that suits him. Um, well, my bizarre story of the week is the ending to the Honda Classic late yesterday afternoon in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, across the state. Uh, kind of reference, we had spectacular, beautiful weather here in St. Pete for the past basically two weeks. Um, but not so on the East Coast, late afternoon, early evening yesterday, as there was a classic Florida downpour uh, cascading down upon the final groups. And when I say downpour, I mean this is one where if you're driving... Uh, Driving on the roads, especially on an interstate, and you get this kind of rainstorm, you typically pull over. I know I do, because you cannot see five feet in front of you. And it was just great theater on uh, television, but bizarre to see the golfers dealing with it. There was no lightning associated with this uh, storm, so they just 
pushed on engulfed with just like a pelting pelting rain and fascinating ending where Sepp Straka overtook Shane Lowry and Daniel Berger and Straka became the first Austrian to win a PGA tournament uh, and it was his first ever win so his uh, he had a career day you might say because when you win a PGA tournament as we see at the end of him you get uh, massive exemptions into great tournaments like the Masters and and other uh, majors and uh, pretty much set to enter any tournament for the most part over the f- next two years. So I always find it rather fascinating uh, when they show this when somebody gets their first win or, or you know, uh, somebody who hasn't won in a while. Um, it basically... Sets him up for a long, long time. And not sure if it's two years or five years, but it's a long time where you're eligible for most every tournament. Um, so, yeah. So, really cool. Good for Sepp Straka. He really came down the stretch. And, again, <laughs> these these golfers at the end were just, uh, you know, they were standing under umbrellas with their caddies, figuring out their shot until basically they were on the clock. Until basically the clock ran out and they just had to step into a rain that would kind of hurt you if it hit you in the when it, as it hit you in the face. It was that hard and dr- driving rainstorm, and uh, just again made for great theater. But these golfers just powered through, pushed through, and uh, and there was a really good ending. Come down to basically Shane Lowry's final putt. It was a long one. He had held the lead uh, for a good part of the day, but then. St- Draka uh, had a one-stroke lead, but Shane Lowry had the opportunity for a birdie, uh, probably a 50-foot putt at least, and he got a fairly close, but as it rolled close, it, w- it was obvious it wasn't going in, but it was close, and, and that was that. And da- Daniel Berger, who I think held the lead coming into yesterday, just had a really bad day of uh, putting, um, and just basically couldn't put it, couldn't hold the lead. Just that simple. And my low light of the week is Major League Baseball threatening to delay the start of the season if they don't reach some sort of agreement today. And that, of course, goes right to the heart of spring training here in Florida. I assume if they're going to cancel or, yeah, they're going to cancel the games. And start the season later is what they're saying. Uh, And that would, as far as I know, I assume, just cancel spring training altogether. And down here in Florida, that is a big, big, big deal. Talked about it a little bit last week. And, uh, you know, I'm within uh, an easy drive of, you know, the Phillies in Clearwater, the Blue Jays in Dunedin. The Yankees uh, right up the road here in Tampa uh, in their stadium, George Steinbrenner Field, uh, sits right across the street from the Bucks Raymond James Stadium. They actually share parking, uh, meaning you park in, at least I did when I went last year a couple times, you park in a Bucks, in the Bucks parking lot to go to the Yankee game. In spring training, obviously, it's the offseason for the Bucks and the NFL, so I uh, Good way to use the opening open fields, of which there are many, to park 
for a spring training game. Uh, in addition, right over the bridge, Sunshine Skyway is Bradenton and the Pittsburgh Pirates. I grew up in western Pennsylvania, so I enjoy going over to see them. And spring training down here is a great time. A lot of people come in for it. Uh, tons of establishments nearby and souvenir sales and uh, street sales of food that are just really horrifically affected if these spring training games are not played. It's a huge deal and uh, not looking good uh, at this point unless they literally uh, kind of pull a rabbit out of a hat today to reach some sort of agreement to allow spring training to happen as well as uh, the season to get started. So we shall see uh, what transpires. But again, just, uh, you know, very disconcerting to so many people here in Florida if spring training is uh, wiped out. And it seems like that might happen today. So now let's take our break. And next up is our call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies radio show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Listen to the Desert Ranch Podcast to hear what connects us to the producers that are keeping us from being naked, hungry, and thirsty. Get a look into the lives of those who live differently from the comforts of a 9-to-5 lifestyle to care for land and livestock. The Desert Ranch Podcast with Vanessa Rohr on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, 
Welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? I'm doing great, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you for joining us, as always. And AP, it's February 28th. Tomorrow is March 1st, obviously. And uh, and March Madness, it will soon be upon us. It's already kind of getting underway, and it was quite a week and weekend where... Uh, much of the top 10, most of the top 10 were beaten. So I don't know. I know we said this last year, but I think it's gone to another level AP where it's uh, this year's NCAA tournament, the true March Madness, is going to be wide, wide open to a degree where it feels like uh, anybody could win it out of literally the top 20, if, if not even lower, if somebody gets hot and really pulls off an all-time uh, all-time, all you know, Indiana Hoosier type, uh, movie Hoosiers type of uh, upsets, which seems possible this year more than any other year I can remember, AP, because nobody's safe, that's for sure. Number one changes like every other day, it feels, or every other week. <laughs> yeah, John, I couldn't agree more because I think it was seven teams, first time ever, uh, from the top ten that lost over the weekend. Correct. That, I mean, think about that. In, in the history of basketball, that's the first time ever, seven. I don't know if that's the record. I, I would think it's the record, John, seven. Uh, getting up I can't imagine one it weekend. being, yeah, I, I think it probably is a record, AP, uh, in one weekend, for gosh sakes. Yeah. It's highly unusual, yeah. so you have to assume it's probably the first time anything like this has really happened. Uh, but, yes, it's uh, it's crazy. I know that you follow, obviously, the SEC uh, and Alabama particularly, but also Auburn has been one of the teams that has held the number one spot. And let's not forget that a lot of teams have held the number one spot, and it seems like no sooner they get to be number one than they're knocked off, and there's a new number one. But Alabama, what do you think of uh, you know their chances this year? Again, uh they have a solid team. They, they've got a good program going down there. And uh, they're going to make some noise, I'm guessing, in the SEC tournament, which is going to be, by the way, held here in Tampa. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, John. You know, Alabama's a strange team this year. And then, you know, their forte used to be shooting three-pointer. I mean, that's their goal, to shoot the three-pointer and, and drive hard to the basket. You want to shoot around 60% from the three-point line. And I mean, from, from not from the three point, I'm sorry, uh, from the layup line. And then, uh, you know, I mid thirties, I guess in the three point line, they'd be effective and, and the mathematics to work out in your favor, but they've been around 31% down this year and the opponents been 32%. So that's not, that, that's been the issue for them. And then defensively last year, John, they were in the top five defensive efficiency and, uh, I think the last time I read a stat about them, they were maybe 80. So that's a quite a drop-off. 
significantly from last year. But Alabama, on a, any given day, they've beaten three of the top uh, uh, Final Four teams from last year, Houston, uh, Gonzaga, and then the other team was Baylor. I actually saw that game in person. And then they lost to the team in last place in the SEC, Georgia. So, John, that, Alabama's fortunes are the same as some teams across the country. One minute they can beat anyone, and the next uh, game they can't, they can't be the, the, the cellar dwellers. Right. Yes. Well, the SEC is, you know, always interesting. Um, and really, you know, obviously Kentucky has been the premier program through the years, almost the basketball version of Alabama in the SEC in football. Um, going back decades, needless to say. Uh, what are your thoughts about you know Alabama? Yeah, but they are no longer the do- the dominant team out of the SEC. But they're always good, you know. Always bring in a great freshman class. Many of them typically go to the NBA. John Calipari, of course, is the coach and takes great pride in that, by the way. And uh, so, how, how do you see Kentucky shaping up with the upcoming tournament down here in Tampa? Yeah, Kentucky, as long as they have their health, John, they're a formidable opponent as always. And, you know, Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee, uh, Auburn, of course. I think I think Auburn has the roster, John, to be right. in the Final Four. I don't know if they'll win it, but they have the overall roster. They Tennessee gave them fits this weekend. The guards were able to get into the paint against the Auburn guards. The Auburn guards... Uh, one of them had 17, the other one had five, and the other one had zero. So they weren't their best on offense, and the defensively had lapses as well. But Jabari Smith, a freshman out of Georgia, 6'10", 6'11", very versatile, hits the three-pointer, and makes some dribble drives, and he seems to be fearless in the clutch. I think that bodes well for them in these NCAA games because you know you're going to have at least a couple that are tight. Maybe not in the early rounds, but as you advance, it's going to get uh, more difficult, and you're going to be looking to a score in the last minute or so to put your team ahead or tie. So I have confidence in Jabari Smith that he's fearless taking that shot, and he, and he makes quite a few. So, But they can't rely on him uh, only. You have uh, Walker Kessler, the seven-foot-plus player, averaging over four blocks, um, he he beat out, I think, um, I think it was Shaquille O'Neal, I think, for blocks one a couple of years he had. So th- those are big numbers as a shot blocker for, for Auburn. You know, that's a one-two punch down low. A lot of length, a lot of height, uh, a lot of ability to affect the shot. Right, right. I couldn't agree more, AP. It's, uh, you, you know, I think you'd have to make Auburn the favorite. And, you know, they were led by a potential superstar and potential number one pick, as you just outlined. So clearly it does seem like, you know, they're the, uh, you know, they're clearly the favorite for the SEC tournament. Uh, How many teams do you think AP might get into the SEC, from the SEC might get into the tournament? Yeah, 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 John. I think about seven at the moment. I don't know if nine. I mean, you have uh, you know Alabama, Auburn, 
Kentucky, Tennessee, um, Arkansas, LSU, and then one more in there too, John. That they can they can make that um, that NCAA tournament. I believe I believe seven right now, and then the, another one or two depending on the other leagues. If there's an upset at the top of those uh, leagues that need an invitation primarily. Right, that's a big number, AP. Seven teams. Wow, yeah. like a real big number. Uh, of course, you mentioned yeah. Arkansas, and a couple weeks ago, when Arkansas beat Auburn, uh, they stormed the court and whatnot, and that was like that was like watching an NCAA game. I mean, that was just fascinating <laughs> theater, to say the least. And uh, you, you know, but that's becoming the norm because these teams are knocking off number one teams. And then they're celebrating. Um, But, yeah, uh, it it kind of feels to me like the best team, the favorite, might for the overall tournament, for the national championship, would probably be Gonzaga. You know, they have the veteran team, still have Drew Timmy. Um, And, you, you know, I'm a big believer that sometimes you have to win or lose before you win. And last year, of course, they were undefeated going in, I believe, to the national championship game where they lost to Baylor. And uh, you learn a lot when that happens. So I could see them returning. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think Gonzaga has to be one of the favorites in Auburn. And I think, I really think if the SEC has a, a good seating and bracket, uh, they'll probably have to play against each other. I think you could see two SEC teams in New Orleans. I really do. Really? Wow. I do. That would be amazing. Yeah, depending on how they, they bracket those teams. I, I really do. Well, wouldn't that be ironic, AP, the way that, uh, you know, the way that they, you know, dominate football? You know, Alabama SEC in the national championship this past year, the most recent example, not the first time they've met. <laughs> um, and, yeah, if that would happen in basketball, AP, that would just, you know, truly set the SEC just as a conference, uh, you, you know, apart from the rest, apart from the the herd, shall we say, as just <laughs> – an amazing conference, you know, not to mention all the other sports that I know that they're very good in. Um, and that's a wow. So, and if you had to pick two, who would have, Auburn is clearly a choice that we uh, yeah. all agree is probably going to, should, should make the final four given the season they've had. Right. Right. And, and we don't know about the brackets, John. So the second team, I mean, Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, I could see any of those teams reaching the Final Four now. If they're in the same bracket, obviously that can't happen. But I could see any of those four, two of them being in, in the Final Four. And, John, how many times has that happened the final game? It's been the teams from the same conference. I remember Villanova, Georgetown. 1985. Michigan, Indiana. Yep. Michigan, Indiana. 1976. Uh, I, when... I'd have to – Yep. Yeah, I'd have to look look that over. I don't remember any other conferences having two teams meet in the Final Four championship game. 
Yes, yes, that would be utterly remarkable. It's funny, I remember the the two games you mentioned. Uh, you know, Indiana beat Michigan in, I believe, 76 to complete the undefeated season, 30-0, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Bob Knight, all of 32. that. 32, yes. Right, 32, and then what can you say about Villanova Georgetown? Um, perhaps the greatest upset in the national championship game in history um, because Georgetown was considered unbeatable and Villanova and Raleigh Massimino, I, I think Villanova basically played the perfect game that day, that night, to say the least. Yeah, this is, oh, yeah. And oh, I, think yeah. They, they, I think they shot – I remember Ed Pinckney. I think they shot something that sounds like, you know, whatever, 70, 80% from the field, like a ridiculous number. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Field goal percentage. Uh, it was their night, that's for sure. Uh, well, AP, we've come to the end of our first segment. Uh, good stuff as always. Uh, you know, there's this little lull after the Super Bowl, uh, but March Madness, uh, after a week or two, I'm getting over the Super Bowl depression slash hangover. Uh, you know, it's you look up and it's kind of March Madness, and, and we're just about there, and it's going to be fun. But why don't we take our break? Still have a lot to get, a lot more to get to on the other side. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Join hosts Navanav every week for Good Morning Canada. Our home is Canada, but our message and reach is boldly global. Our focus is on the alternative perspective, the hidden dimension, and the expansive horizon. Ideas are designed to be challenged, perceptions shattered, and information balanced. We invite you to visualize the converse viewpoint, dare to be inquiring, but always promise an hour of lively fun. Listen worldwide at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. 
That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, a veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we were talking college basketball and the uh, soon-to-be official beginning of March Madness with the conference championships right around the corner, followed by Selection Sunday, and then it's on. Um, So everybody's, shall we say, jockeying for position here uh, in the upcoming uh, days. So, but anyway... As always, there's lots going on, and we have football and kind of interesting news coming out of the NFL, right? Yeah, John, the the NFL Competition Committee is is meeting this week, and they want to discuss the playoff situation with regards to overtime. And we saw that the coin toss was very important because if you have the walk-off touchdown, you win the ball game, the other team does not get a chance possess the football and and drive for a touchdown of their own. So that was something that came up game after game. Uh, you know, we had seven straight games, Sean. I don't think we'll see it in, uh, again for a while. It Amazing. Was close. You know, the last minute, last possession, uh, it was, it was uh, unprecedented. I, you know, I, I just can't recall seeing that happen. I'm sure it hasn't. Remarkable. I can't remember it happening either. AP, uh, and of course, of all the great games, and they were all great. What can you say? <laughs> and uh, yeah, they the, were. They were. They were. And you know, the poster child, shall we say, of the importance of the coin toss, as you mentioned, was and may always be the you know Kansas City Chiefs Buffalo Bills game, where I, I think twenty five points were scored in the last two minutes. That doesn't even sound believable. <laughs> um, no, and no, you know, no. you know, we're, there are things that will never be forgotten out of that game. The, the amazing stat I just mentioned, the fact the Chiefs got the ball uh, with 13 seconds left, and we're able to tie the game. That 13 seconds is going to reverberate throughout NFL history, no doubt about it. And after that fireworks display by both teams, but you know. The fact that the Buffalo Bills never got their hands on the ball in overtime, the way that game regulation had ended, I think, you know, stuck in a lot of people's craw. And because Josh Allen was otherworldly, you know, it's kind of weird, AP. You know, I kind of remember, sometimes you remember the losers more than the winners. And I kind of remember, despite the Chiefs' 13 seconds, which is all-time amazing, what Josh... Allen did in the final couple minutes of that game were just so amazing as he was running for first downs that seemed impossible and passing, you know, for had to have it like on third or fourth down and throwing dimes. Uh, I, you just can't forget his performance. Uh, but the Chiefs won. 
and uh, you know Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and company were amazing. So yeah, I, I for one have always been in favor of you, you know the other team getting a chance. Um, and I've sat through some famous games myself, most notably the Snow Bowl. Uh, I, I'm thinking that night I did not mind at all that the other team did not get a chance. The Oakland Raiders. Uh, in the famous tuck roll game. <laughs> Adam Vinatieri tied it. Absolutely, AP. I remember it was like it was, like it was yesterday. I, Adam Vinatieri tied it with maybe the greatest field goal in NFL history uh, in regulation, 43 yards, if I'm not mistaken. I was in that end zone. My seats were on the goal line, 11 rows off the field. And then Patriots won the toss, I believe, went right down the field and won the game. And that was that. Um, and <laughs> I certainly wasn't complaining that night. <laughs> Trust me. Oh, no, John. I, I, I understand completely. Uh, John, there, there's going to be a couple proposals. One will be for just uh, will be for the regular season and the postseason. And the other proposal will be for the just the postseason. Huh. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's tricky. I, I, I kind of like doing in the postseason what you do in the regular season. Um, and I think it would, if you did it in the regular season, it would work out any kinks that may exist or scenarios, shall we say, um, that could be potentially, you know, handled and dealt with in season to make sure that kind of stuff doesn't happen in the postseason. I, I you know without getting right. too much into the weeds on all of this. Um, Cause there's a lot right. to this. There really is. Yeah. Yeah. John, I wonder what is the trend for games that are tied in the NFL during the regular season? I know mm. that I think they changed the rule of 2010. And I think for all the games it was maybe 52% the coin toss won, but for the playoffs, I think it's the coin toss won. Uh, the team where they won ten to one. Wow, that's a serious statistic there. Uh, absolutely, yeah. and tie games are rare. And it's funny because the Steelers, who I follow quite closely from growing up in Western PA, I mean they were in a somewhat famous tie this year with the Detroit Lions in a crazy weather game at the end, and uh, you know. It was the first non-losing game for the Lions, so you know, is the so everybody was saying, you know, this is the first game the Lions have not lost this year. They didn't win it, but they didn't mm. lose it. And <laughs> you know, I, all Steeler fans, myself included, instantly thought, like, oh, that's really going to come back to haunt them, having that tie just hanging right. out there on your record. It didn't. The Steelers amazingly made the playoffs, uh, and they also had a tie that you know, a number of years ago against the Atlanta Falcons. So they're so rare that I remember games like that. I remember a tie against the yeah. Atlanta Falcons, for gosh sakes, uh, a number <laughs> of years ago. So they're rare. We, I think maybe the Lions-Steelers game this year was the only tie of the year. I could be wrong, but I feel like mm -hmm. I heard that at the end of the season. But, yeah, and then the other thing, AP, is simply, you know, are they going to – is the NFL going to take anything from the college overtime, which, you know, I kind of like, a lot of people like. I, and I like after that one game that was like 
seventy-three to seven sixty-seven or something. Was it Texas A and <laughs> Texas A and M and somebody? <laughs> I watched that game and it was fun to watch. Yeah, I think it was was it LSU and A and M? I think something I, like I, that. I think LSU you're one hundred percent right. And so they put in some steps to eliminate that, which are well the Penn State game this year, where there was like seven or eight overtimes and. After the second or third overtime, whatever you need, you have to go for two, and that game right. had a bunch of two-point attempts. Um, so I kind of like that they yeah. made it even more difficult after the first couple of quote overtimes. Um, so yeah, would, would they would the NFL take anything from the college overtime rules? That that could be intriguing. Uh, a lot of people like it. There's some things to like about the way they do it in college. So clearly, I'm sure the NFL and Troy Vincent are looking at it, to say the least. Yeah, John, I guess there's a balance that they don't have it very many times during the course of the season that they might say, well, let's just play it out like we do normally. Or they might say, well, we don't want to beat up those two teams. So let's go to that two-point conversion like the college and put in the ball in the 25-yard line and shortening the, the, the game. Uh, they might, you know, there's two two perspectives. But, John, as far as the overtime uh, situation making a change, I could live with it being with the regular season and the playoffs, of course, or just the playoffs. I, I don't have a strong preference. Uh, either way. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, that'll be fascinating to watch AP. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there, you know, wishing and pushing for change. And I think just, you know, you know, the general NFL fan would just like to see a scenario where both teams get a chance in some form or fashion. I, I think that's really the bottom line. And uh, I'm guessing you probably yeah, but, agree with that too. Yeah, I think mandatory in the playoffs. I, I think that's fair because, John, think about this for a moment. They've they've skewed uh, towards the offense so much with the rules. Right. They bring them w- with the pass blocking and the – the defense of the receivers and protecting the quarterback. I mean, it'd be another thing for the offense that you're favoring. The coin toss, just the coin toss is involved. And I, I don't think it's it's really fair to the defense. I mean, and at that point, when if you're in an overtime game, then you know it's a good game, right? At that point, it's exactly. So I don't think the NFL should have any objection. But like I say, they may during the regular season. You know, I wonder I wonder if you have a compromise, John. I don't think they would. A compromise situation where the regular season is the shortened version with the two points in the playoffs, you just continue uh, as normal. Yeah, I mean, maybe the answer is it's just, you know, you, know you, you just play you until know, there's a winner. You, know, you set up a, time. yeah, you set up, quote, a fifth quarter. Um, it's 15 minutes long, like each quarter is in the regulation. And, and if no winner, if it's scoreless or whatever, or, you know, if 
if the score is tied at the end of the fifth quarter, you go to a sixth quarter and you just get it done. And I realize there's potential hazards in that. And especially when there's, you know, wild card weekend and you have a bunch of games and one spilling into the other, that gets a little tricky, but, uh, yeah, you know, I trust the NFL will come up with hopefully a good solution once and for all, uh, to sum it up as we had to break AP it's, you know, when you have a shootout, none greater than the bills, Chiefs this year, you just know that like each each offense was going up and down the field, so you knew that the winner of the coin toss was likely to just go down the field and win the game. That's exactly what happened. So I'm glad they're looking at it. That's the important thing, right, AP? Yes, yeah. You, you thought they would, especially with this unprecedented season in the playoffs of tight ball games and the coin toss. Yep. It, it made a difference. It because of, because they're they're favoring the offense so much. Correct, correct. AP, we shall see. Uh, so why don't we head to break our final break, uh, and so a few more things to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners. 
Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And my pick of the week for appointment viewing is simply the uh, final week of college basketball regular season as teams jockey for position to head into their conference tournaments. And then it'll be Selection Sunday, and then March Madness will be on. So games this week take on uh, an added level of importance to uh, finish strong. So that'll be worth watching. And AP, you and I talked a lot about college basketball. But why don't we switch sports here? Uh, Breaking news at the top of the show uh, an hour ago at noon Eastern that Derek Jeter was stepping down as the CEO of the Miami Marlins. Uh, Sure to be big news here in Tampa because Derek Jeter had a place in Tampa, a house, given the spring training of the Yankees being here and Tom Brady renting his house (laughs) when he signed with the Bucs. But yeah, that's intriguing (laughs) news. Um, Derek Jeter is a newsmaker, so this is kind of a big deal and I that's all the details we have, just the stepping down. That's it's only been an hour. So that that's just Yeah. Intriguing. Yeah. See we'll see where yeah, this goes. Yeah, surprising and it, yeah, surprising and, and intriguing, John, because he's just your competitor. Correct. And uh, maybe maybe not today, but maybe this week or in the next couple of weeks we'll find out exactly his reason. I'm sure we will. It always comes out. Could be anything. He's now a family man. I think he has a couple kids, and you know, see what you know, life changes. Who knows? But you know, baseball's in the news for other reasons too, as well. That uh, apparently, if they don't reach an agreement today, and they appear far apart, that would be the major league owners and the players' association. If they don't reach an agreement today, they're going to start canceling, as in not delaying or postponing canceling. Uh, games, the first few games of the season, if not the first week. And uh, and they're far apart, so it doesn't appear like it's going to get done. It feels like it would be a minor miracle if it did. And AP, it's such a big deal because I'm down here in the land of spring training in Florida, something I personally enjoy immensely, going to spring training games. And so many people depend on it for their income people around the stadium, the spring training stadium. So we're people in Florida are really tuned into this situation. And, and, and frankly, it doesn't look good. Spring training may not even occur. And in the hails of the pandemic, it's especially galling to put it mildly. Yeah, John, I mean, they didn't have a world series one year, correct? That I think they had one. They, I'm, they, I'm not they even sure. The World Series one year. Yeah, they canceled I, the World Series one year. But John, they just yeah. in the middle of a pandemic and other oh, you're things right. going around, happening around the yeah, in yeah happening sorry. around the globe here. Yeah, and, uh, and exactly. baseball has you know one of the strongest unions and plenty of money. And I heard something last night that I think I um, it was 65 percent of the league makes the minimum, which is I believe 575 thousand. So that means that 35% make above the minimum. And, and why can't they come to an agreement? It's just, 
it makes the sport look bad. It's, yep. it's, it's a terrible optic for when you're, you're when billionaires are fighting with millionaires. Bingo. In this AP. age, uh, that that's the that's how it's framed in, to me, in my mind. Oh yeah, and again on the heels of the pandemic, and as you mentioned, world affairs currently happening. Uh, obviously over in Ukraine and whatnot, it just, uh, you know, feels wrong. And, um, major league baseball owners, I believe have never made more money than they're making now based on local and regional television contracts. Um, so yeah, millionaires versus billionaires. That's, that's where we're at. And, you know, meantime, people who Sell things on the street corner in March in Florida at spring training games from Clearwater to Bradenton to Dunedin, all within a hop, skip, and a jump for me from here. Uh, you know, it, it's really a problem because these people, uh, you know, this is just a current example for me is spring training. But we'll see AP, but doesn't look good. Uh, but we'll all be watching as the clock strikes midnight tonight, I'm sure. Yeah, they, they don't have a... Um, a desire, a strong desire. I don't think to settle it. It seems like. I mean, like I said, when you can cancel a World Series, anything's possible. Or with how they, you know, entrench themselves in a position. Right. And AP, we're at the end of the show, but I just got a news flash, uh, and we're not going to have any time to talk about it. But Russia kicked out <laughs> of the World Cup by FIFA. FIFA. So, uh, and all it says is FIFA have thrown Russia out of qualifying for the 2022 World Cup after the IOC called for sports sporting competitions to remove Russian athletes in the wake of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. That's wow. That's a wow. Uh, it is. But it, it is, and unfortunately, we do not have time to talk about it, but in the same light. I'm glad we squeezed it in there. This type of stuff's been happening the last few days in many ways and certainly in the sports world as well. So uh, uh, glad we got to alert our our listeners to that. But AP, I just want to thank you for calling in as always. And, uh, and great job. Thank you. Thank you, John. My pleasure as always. And... As always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.